This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, our next guest is a documentary filmmaker with a few currently in production. She looks at everything from history to sports to individuals reaching out really to fulfill their dreams. Her name will sound familiar, and from what I've read, she doesn't mind being known as Stephen's little sister. Delighted to have with us filmmaker Nancy Spielberg, director of Playmount Productions, joining us on the phone in New York. I have to say, I'm from a large family. I love my siblings, and I everything I read sounds like you guys do too, and you support each other, so we had to say that welcome welcome uh, thank you thank you carol you know what and we do love each other and we are supportive and i don't i like being called the baby because it means i'm always young <laughs> <laughs> me too i'm one of the younger ones out of seven and i'm okay being called the baby oh my goodness and jason when you said you want to hear about growing up in our family grow up was like a dirty word really my mom was like peter pan yeah because my mom was like a kid and so you know we all grew up with that sort of that innocent way of looking and trust and don't dress, you know, uh, appropriately necessarily, don't act age appropriate. That's, that was our, uh, our model, our mom. So what well, and, that- and I love the fact, just to stick with the family yeah. for a second, I mean, Playmount goes all the way back to, to 1962, right? Your dad set it up. Yes, yes. And my dad, who actually is 103 and listening to us right now um, in Los Angeles, my dad needed a vehicle for my brother's early filmmaking. And he was making films with Boy Scouts and making films with us in the backyard because there was nothing else to do and with his, you know, buddies in school. So uh, Playmount is the, uh, it's, play is Spiel in German and Mount is Berg. You know, it is, it's the translation of Spielberg. So um, I took the name. It was perfect. I mean, what was it like then to have such a supportive environment, right, for basically your creativity growing up? Well, I think that, you know, part of it was the parents. And my mom was really very much a free spirit. My dad was a computer engineer and very technical. So we had two sides. We had that artsy brain that never made us finish everything on our plate. and We could do what we wanted. And my dad, who was just, you know, more focused on doing the right things and education. So those two things mixed together um, was great because, you know, we got the artistic push and the technical push and which married well when it came to filmmaking and cameras and special effects and all that. And really our parents let us thrive however we felt in whatever direction we wanted to go. And, And that's like a huge challenge for parents is to not tell their children what to do. So thankfully, it worked out. And also, you know, almost like today is what is everybody doing with their kids when there's very little to do? There was nothing to do in Arizona in the summertime. You know, we didn't have a swimming pool. It's hot. We didn't go to summer camp. Yeah. So, we, you know, we fried eggs on the sidewalk, and then we used to make films. Wow. And so how do you find yourself, and we're going to have a longer conversation. We only have about a minute and a half or so for this first initial question but like how do you find yourself getting into documentaries specifically basically i didn't really want to get into film but i always love to tell stories and it Mm. started it evolved in a way where i was really helping other people and that happened mostly through my philanthropy and then i discovered and we all should discover that there are incredible stories out there that are true stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things and it just drew me in that direction. And it's a very pure form. You know, it's not driven necessarily by box office. Um, That's definitely not one of the things that drives documentary films. So it felt right. 
We're talking with filmmaker Nancy Spielberg, director of Playmount Productions, joining us on the phone in New York. So, Nancy, you did a documentary, and it was entitled Who Will Write Our History? And I do wonder, mm-hmm. it was about the Holocaust. It came out in 2018. I do, I, I'm curious about your perspective about, you know, today's history that's being written now, more to come about this pandemic. You know, if how you're thinking about this, and I do wonder if you think it's something you might want to put into a documentary down the road. Well, first of all, with Who Writer History, it was about a a group of uh, Polish Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto that saw the writing on the wall, literally, and realized they wouldn't survive. And they were determined to write in the moment accounts of what the Nazis were doing. And then they buried 60,000 pages because it was about writing the history from their perspective. And usually it's the victor, not the victim, that writes the history. And even though you cannot compare what they went through to what we're going through, it, it just, you know, it tickles in a little bit of the back of my mind the fact that um, there are shortages. We've never had shortages in this country. You know, we are so privileged. Mm-hmm. Our children never had to, to forage in the woods for berries. You know, there's always a, a plate in front of them bursting with food. So, you know, there is this element of fear and uh, limited freedom and access to whatever we need. But And it is a time where we are writing um, new rules. Everything is new, and we're, we're a little bit flying by the seat of our pants, and almost in every industry. And I think it, it shows, you, you had said, innovation comes out of stress. So, so true. Mm. And um, although I don't think I want to do a story about this, I also think there will be a flood of, of stories about this. What I do love is watching the creative pieces that are coming out. I mean, I, you guys probably sit there watching all the videos, all the parodies, the the ways people are coping and finding a unity, yeah. even in our separation. Um, so I may leave this one alone. <laughs> I, I do yeah. like history. You you yeah. can see from that, from Who Will Write Our History, from my other film, Above and Beyond. Um, I do like to capture historical stories. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So... Tell us how you go about thinking about a project right now. We know that this moment that we're living in will not last forever. And yet we also know that there will be some things that are changed in the short term and and the midterm. And we've talked to a number of filmmakers and and producers uh, across the board who know that business will be different in the short term. How do you look at it? Well, you know, there's, there's three parts. Um, there's funding, there's production, and then distribution. And right now, they're all going to be really, really tough. Most of the films that I do are done under a 501c3. They're not for profit. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to raise money for a an artsy, creative project when there are other needs of putting food in, on somebody's plate and finding jobs and you know other things. So that's one thing. And then, if you do have funding, how do you go into production with today's environment with social distancing. And that's where we will all get creative. I just saw that uh, somebody is having a, a, a no budget film school, teaching people how to do like minimal budget. That's so great. that could mean there's only a couple people on the set with really long boom mics. And, you know, makeup is done with with a long arm. I don't know. You know, it, it will change. And distribution right now because of the theater situation is very tough. And I actually have a film we are going to do a release. Our first film will 
do virtual release on June 19th. So it is, uh, it's hard to monetize, but it is um, a big push. And because people are watching things at home, in some ways you're capturing an audience beyond what you would get sitting in a movie theater that has 300 seats. Right. So the, the, the world is your oyster in some ways, but you better use your PR and marketing to get out there. Well, well, and you know, we've talked about what what it's like on the other side of this, especially for things like theaters. I mean, we've talked to Charlotte St. Martin, who oversees the whole New York City Broadway theater area, and says, you know, it's right. basically until you get a vaccine, you're not going, you can't really get people safely into theaters. But I do wonder, even going to a movie theater. Jason talks about, you know, going to the movies all the time. He loves to do it. How do you do it safely? I mean, it's going to be a different world for a while. I think so. And, you know, I actually love the idea that drive-ins are coming back, that yeah. people yeah. are going to take parking lots. You know, my early days in Arizona were drive-ins. In fact, my parents left us once with some babysitters that made my sister and I get into the trunk of the car so they wouldn't have to pay for us. I think <laughs> I was six years old. I was locked in the trunk so they didn't have to pay for us. And then they locked us out of the car so they could make out, you know. Right. So um, I love movie theaters. But, you know, there is going to be a different way to experience it. And if it's open air in good mm. season, that could be the beginning. Yeah. And I think, again, like you said, we need the vaccine and we need to practice certain. Uh, because how does a theater make money if they can only seat every two seats? Right. Uh, same thing with planes, same thing with restaurants. So um, it's still going to be tough times. I think it's going to be lean times for a while, but I do think we're all going to be okay. We just have to, you know, weather the storm. And so as you think about yourself, your family, I mean, what's what's the lesson that we need to take? You know, we've got two minutes left in the show. Leave us with something that you think we'll learn uh, out of all of this. Um, you know what? It, this has been the great equalizer, and I think it has changed our priorities to what really matters in life. And I feel it, and I almost feel the blessings more. Of course, you know, I'm sort of scared as we all are because I'm over 60. So, you know, I am frightened, but I feel that this is so much opportunity for people to do things out of the box. That's that's like my mother. She handed Mm -hmm. me the entire box of crayons and said, color whatever you want. You don't have to stay in the lines. So I think that all the people that can now uh, move forward with new rules, it's, it's a sense of freedom. And, um, you know, so I think that people shouldn't be afraid of that. It isn't going to be for now. It's not going to be like it was. But I think we're going to we're going to come out of this with a greater appreciation for our families, our life, uh, the whatever we have, whether it's minimal or abundant. Um, maybe we see abundance in different light. We share a little bit more with people that don't have. You know, that's sort of how I feel. I'm I'm very yeah. grateful um, for whatever I have, and uh, I just miss my children <laughs> desperately. Yeah. So. Well, we hope you're back with them soon. No, I, I, I've heard that from so many people, right? This social distancing, it's been really hard on not being able to, to be with your family like you we, we've all been used to. Um, Nancy Spielberg, so grateful to have you here. Filmmaker, director of Playmount Productions, uh, got a virtual release coming up on June 19th. 
uh, joining us on the phone in New York City. I've got to say that my siblings, too, I remember going to a drive-in, and we had a big well in our station wagon, and people hid in the well. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Masser. <laughs> the Masters and the Spielbergs hey, breaking the rules. If I'm, I'm in good company with Nancy Seriously. Spielberg. I'll take it. I own it, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it.